This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Voy Media. Here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey everybody, it's Kevin Aruta here with Eric Philippou on Digital Marketing Fastlane. Today we have a very important episode to talk about. It's a big update that's coming out for Facebook, thinking from a lot of mobile advertising. This is has to do with the new iOS 14 update. And it's pretty important for people to think about what's happening, how it's going to affect their ads, how it's going to affect their creatives, how it's going to affect their companies. For today, we're going to be going over this document that Facebook sent out to everybody, all the developers out there, everybody that's maybe in this like marketing space that way they can read over. We want to make sure that we're covering that today. That's pretty much it. Maybe preface this by saying so far from what we understand, but you still want to just focus on your creative testing and the language and the psychology of the ads that for sure won't change. So a lot of your day-to-day operations as a media buyer and a good marketer might not change as much, but we're going to find out more. So let me share my screen and we'll see what this document's about. This article, we'll link it to you guys on the podcast and show notes as well. This just came out two days ago. What's it called? It's preparing our partners for iOS 14, mobile web advertising. It's a pretty long document, but we'll go through it together. This first paragraph explains what's happening. And I have some thoughts here. I'll uh, do my own thoughts, Eric, and then we can uh, talk about it. Basically in June, 2020, Apple announced a new iOS 14 app tracking transparency framework. This is now a prompt that is going to show up when you first use the app. That's literally going to say, do you want this app to track you? And the thing about Apple is they could have made it a little bit more subtle, but Eric, you know, Apple, they literally says, do you want this app to track you? And of course, most people will probably see them. No, I don't. Right. It's really Apple taking a stand against this tracking thing that advertisers are doing and using. Of course, Facebook doesn't agree with this because Facebook knows that if this is the default choice, people are going to say no. How much percentage do you think people are going to click? I want to get tracked. I'm sure there's people out there who have that accept cookies on their website and they know the percentage of people who track those, but I don't really pay attention to that metric as much. Maybe I'm going to be paying attention more. It's not going to be completely terrible, but you'll definitely see noticeable drop in however many people they have to manually opt in to being tracked early 2021. So this isn't a change that's happening now, but I'm assuming it's happening in Q1. They say early 2021. Facebook began to show that app tracking transparency prompt. Let's check this link out. I'm not sure what it says, but basically also another big change happening too, is that in the app store, before you download an app, it actually will show you what the company is going to track you. This is the prompt that users will see. Would like permissions to track you across apps and websites owned by other companies. That's so scary. Your data will use to deliver personalized ads to you. Most people don't like ads. So just seeing ads, will turn it off. And then of course, allow tracking, ask app now to track. Not a fact, but obviously I can't say it. A lot of people will be like, no, I don't want to get tracked. I don't know if it's very politicized, but I'm sure it will inevitably be politicized. So, you know, half the country is going to pick one. Maybe half the country picks another just for some reason. This prompt is something that I think, at least for people listening and watching on YouTube, you're going to be seeing this from every app. It's not just Facebook, by the way. This is almost every single app. Of course, this affects Facebook the most because it's, relies on all this data. This is what's coming up. And this is why it's a big deal because just by listening to us talking, a good half would probably be like, no, I don't want to get tracked. They think ads are bad. They think advertising is bad. But of course us as marketers, 
we know that not all advertising is bad. I think that's happening. And of course, it's going to affect everybody. There's a few things that Facebook seems to be doing to mitigate. I think one of the big ones, apparently there's this thing now that I'm not sure what this means, Eric. Maybe you read a little bit more about it. Event limits, basically yeah. the limit to use eight conversion events per domain. I'm not sure why this is there. Here explains it. So ad sets optimizing for events beyond eight that are prioritized will be paused. So basically that means now you can only have eight events. I'm assuming if you Shopify, Eric, it's probably going to view content, add to cart, initiate checkout, purchase, custom stuff, right? If I understand that's correct, that's the event a campaign is optimizing for. So if I'm doing a conversion campaign, I almost always optimize for either lead or purchase, depending on the style of campaign. It shouldn't affect that many people. Another thing here too, it's for me, I thought initially yeah. it was just events I could fire. Basically, let's say you're firing 20 mm -hmm. events. Facebook will oh. say only going to take the top eight. But I think it could be what you're saying too. Some of this stuff is no one really knows until implemented. Then if this is what that exactly what they mean by that. It doesn't sound terrible though. Cause like you said, landing page views, view content, add to cart, purchase, that's yeah. four. I'm cool with that. Another thing that's happening right now, I guess if you're listening or watching on YouTube, if you look at where it says actions to take now, they're going to require you to verify your domain. That way you can use, essentially keep tracking. Allowing you to verify your domain is a way for them to potentially track you somehow. If I remember correctly, it might be called like a first party cookie. First party means like you're authorizing your domain to track it. And I think with all these privacy laws and all these GDPRs, third party cookies need to be announced. Whereas if it's for your own purpose, then you don't need to do that. I read an article recently, Eric, about GitHub, the mm -hmm. coding site. They yeah. just wrote a blog post saying we've removed all tracking cookies from our site. It's interesting that they said, if we read the article though, they still say that, but internally we're still tracking everything because first party cookies are still allowed. It's mm -hmm. just when what's not allowed is like when you're tracking somebody and then you send it to another party, third party, essentially my own mental thoughts. I think that would be a way around that saying, Hey, look, you're saying your domain's tracking. You can now track other people. I really don't know what this means. Why eight, right? Why not seven? Why not nine? Where does this number come from? I'm really interested to see why, what Facebook is saying. Number one, verify your domain. If you go to this link, go do that. Number two, plan for eight conversion events per domain. Similar to what Eric said, if you have e-commerce, then it probably is not going to be an issue. I think this is more issue in Eric when you do custom funnels. It's a good way to look at it then. Next step is delivery value optimization. If you're optimizing for purchase conversions, I don't look at it all the time because I think it's some kind of default setting. Oh, is it optimized for maximum purchase value? I'm pulling up an ad set now to get the exact detail. Yeah. Here it is. So optimize ad delivery for conversions, or you can also do value. I'll send you a screenshot. I think you're right with the events thing. Let's say you're running campaigns. Your campaigns can only optimize for eight events. If I think you, you only choose from eight events. Honestly, if you're a good media buyer, you only know it's purchase conversion. Purchase well, conversion is the best event. If you read this here, it says you'll be able to have a maximum of eight value sets. No, turning on value oh, sets will automatically utilize four out of the eight events allowed for campaign optimization and reporting a given domain. It's really yeah. confusing. What so it's either kind of confusing like this, or they don't say how it affects your marketing, but basically going to this value optimization, if you go to any ad set and you go to the edit part, if you go under optimization and ad delivery, kind of at the very bottom for most ad sets, at least in a purchase conversion campaign, mm -hmm. you'll see it says see recommendations. It says optimize ad delivery for, then there's a drop down. There's value conversions, landing page views, 
or other options. I've tried and we split tested that a few times on even a few accounts at Void Media, high traffic, a lot of data, statistically significant amount of data. And I didn't see a major difference in the performance. It was also single product stores a lot of the time with one same average order value. So if you're testing for it anyway, I don't see a huge lift in it. Other people might have other opinions on it. Just check it out, try it out. I don't have any other comments about that. Dynamic ads one is interesting. Basically, if your dynamic product ads are what they're specifically talking about. When Facebook uses the term dynamic ads, they don't mean dynamic creative specifically. The catalog is Hales campaign. In this case, you're going to see performance audience sizes both decline. They're pretty much just straight up saying that the reason is because I guess they're not tracking for whatever reason, the things they're not tracking are whatever impacts this campaign, these product catalog situations. I thought that was interesting. A lot of businesses rely very heavily on it. Basically the targeting in okay. dynamic product ads for retargeting performance and audience sizes decrease. Then they say, if you do to reach broad audiences, it'll have a minimal impact. I don't understand why this one has a minimal impact. One has the other. I think the actions to take now are super important here. You can go over them and I'll give my thoughts here. Verify product URL domains in the catalog feed and avoid the use of URLs redirecting users to a different domain. This is interesting to say because I see a lot of people try to use bit.ly links or something. I've even seen people get flagged for using these kinds of URL shorteners. I mean, another thing you see people, it's the reason they probably have this rule. They use a URL redirect because they want to sell something that's not Facebook compliant, like CBD or some kind of gray area product. You should be thinking about too is Shopify. Most people have like, let's say Kevin.com, but the feed is Kevin.myshopify.com. That's a different URL. And that's where I think this could be an issue because when we did product feeds, there's an app that we love using called Flexify and they give you Kevin.myshopify slash, mm -hmm. you know, or catalog that XML. And then you mm -hmm. put that URL into your Shopify, into your catalog. So that could be an issue. I'm not sure yet. Obviously I don't know, but maybe you can verify this subdomain, but how do you verify it? Because Shopify owns that domain. That's where I see that might be an issue. And honestly, it's huge for those Shopify e-commerce stores, the DPA ads. So this could be a big issue. And I'm sure Shopify, in my experience, it seems pretty good at dealing with those things. Shopify, Shopify probably knows that Facebook traffic is what makes their stock go yeah. up. They know that they need this. Absolutely. Yeah. And the next one is prepare to use one pixel per catalog to optimize for prioritized conversion events across all catalog items. This one is interesting because we always only use one. I'm not sure why you're using two or three. Some huge brands use multiple pixels. Some brands trying multiple pixels because maybe they have multiple stores or they're using in the same business manager, especially these drop shippers. A lot of people will do that. They have multiple different stores. They're using in the same business manager. It's a bad idea anyway, or it happens. You know, a lot of times maybe you're working with an influencer. So you're bringing it to their stores. So you never know. You might have an extra pixel on your website. I think here the measurement is probably the most important thing, obviously going to affect users, customers, advertisers, pretty much anybody across the board. Let's take a second to read it. 28 day click through, 28 day view through and seven day view through attributions will be not be supported. I thought that was a thing they were just doing separate from the IOS update, mm -hmm. removing the 28 day and the view through attributions. That's pretty interesting. We'll see what happens there because delayed attribution is huge. They're still keeping the one day view through, which is the default view that most people do. The one that's changing is this 28 day click through. The default was 28 day click, one day view. This is essentially saying there's no more 28 day click. 
We've never used that before. Maybe for people taking screenshots, they probably can do 28 day view through and like your ROAS looks like crazy high. Because it attributes every yeah. single ad, every single purchase on your website, regardless of, especially on these massive brands with a lot of yeah. different traffic sources. These little drop trippers with one traffic source, it's not as big of a deal. They're going to be using a lot of statistical modeling for certain attribution windows. What basically what they're saying here, in a not so user-friendly way, it's the reports are not going to be accurate. Facebook does have an attribution tool where you can set up your own custom attribution window. I'm not sure if this is going to be impacted. I think the attribution tool will probably remain the same. I imagine if your brand with a lot of delayed attribution, that's going to be something you look at. You look at the Facebook attribution tool, or if you have another attribution tool you want to use. I know there are a couple of good third-party ones. You can use those now. Oh, you can now because they're passing data, right? That's where this issue happens. And that's where I think you can use it because that's third party. This is the way it's tricky now. Okay. So another thing here is certain attribution windows will have partial reporting and metrics will not include all events from iOS 14 users. In product annotation will communicate when a metric is partial. This will launch in early 2021. Facebook will somehow detect if you're like an iOS 14 user and tell you this is modeled versus accurate. So Facebook is just going to estimate. Got it. It's going to estimate. Yep. Delivery and action breakdowns will not be supported for offsite conversion events. Us here at Void, we don't really use too much offsite stuff. So this doesn't really affect me. Maybe Eric, do you guys do that anymore? I know some brands, it's a pretty big deal. Probably have their own workaround. I haven't worked with that a lot. We used to do it a lot before and we kind of stopped because Facebook was just good. Next one is something about offline conversions. I don't really use that one. So I'm going to skip that one. Let's see. We will be replacing the account level attribution with a new attribution center for that set. So basically your account level attribution is going to change. Obviously, if they're taking away the 28 day click, then they're going to change the whole everybody's account for like the seven day. This is a huge one. This is probably the biggest thing. Yeah. This is one that I've heard a lot of media buyers get real pissed off at because delayed attribution is very real for their brands. Then some media buyers think, oh, this is good. But I think they're just kind of coping. The reality is this is pretty annoying. And if you're a brand that has a lot of delayed attribution, this is going to be annoying. Your CPA might not look as good. Um, a lot of the times we'll have a certain CPA at the end of a month. Like in November, we had a certain CPA. As of December 1st, our November CPA was a certain number. Then right now it's the 18th. If I look back, November CPA is way, way, way lower. You're making huge business decisions based on it. And delayed attribution is a real thing. I've even heard people say that, I think it was Andrew Foxwell who tweeted that he even thinks Facebook's 28-day window is too small. Facebook doesn't over-attribute, it under-attributes. There's some arguments there. I think it over-attributes. It really depends on the brand. It definitely depends on the brand. I forgot the tweet, but he said, oh, a lot of people tell me they saw an ad a few months ago. And then, so they were thinking about it and then they ended up purchasing it. That's like a couple month view through conversion. Let's say you turn off all the ads for a campaign and then the company's still getting sales. People have saved in their bookmarks. People have saved. Facebook has like the save ads option organic stuff. It's definitely possible, but I think for us as performance marketers, I kind of like that whatever seven or 28 days, you can get a conversion. That means that the stuff that you're doing, your marketing, going back to what we said before, your creative, your copy, your sales page has convinced someone to buy now. Cause that's kind of what you're looking for. This is the biggest change that you need to take a look at. You can actually see how this affects you now. Cause Facebook kind of shows that tells you how by comparing windows feature and Really what you want to go is when you make your custom columns all the way to the bottom, yeah. right? There's like what um, attribution window you want to see in there, click one day, seven day and 28 day. And then you'll see your row as change during these other attribution models. So let's say your row as on a seven day click 
is 1.0, and but your ROAS on a 28-day click is 3.0. That means you have a huge delay. Attribution multiplier, some people call it. Let's say your seven-day ROAS is 1.0 and your 28-day 1.2. That means you're pretty good. People are yeah. buying the day they see the ad. And that's how you should interpret it and think about it. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, for some brands that they don't have a huge difference after 28 days, not an issue. If you're a brand with a huge delayed attribution, that has a couple other, not red flags, but there's reasons for that, that you can address. And it's important we cover this because this could improve your conversion rate a lot. If you have a lot of delayed attribution, this is a good starting point to what you should prioritize in your conversion rate optimization efforts on your website. What does that mean? So if I click your ad and I leave your site, I left for a reason. A lot of the times people leave, you have to think, what are they leaving for? What are they leaving your website for? What more information do they need? What information is missing on your website? A lot of times either price or trust. If you're already heavily discounted, they're probably looking for trust. The second most Googled thing after any brand's name is the brand's name with the word reviews at the end. Literally go to any brand, any D2C up and coming e-commerce brand and start Googling their name into the Google search bar and reviews will be the second one. A lot of the times if people are leaving, maybe make your product reviews, your customer reviews more prominent on your website. So people are not leaving to get some kind of more validation or social proof. Also have these trust badges. When I say trust badges, I mean things like credited by the Better Business Bureau or even whatever different payment methods you accept. People for some reason trust those more, but also media you've been in. If you've been in Fast Company or Business Insider, ones are that have credibility, Wall Street Journal, you definitely want to mention that. Do a lot of authority. Trust and credibility are a big reason especially prospecting traffic. They're a big reason why people leave your site. Also, another thing you can do is exit intent pop-ups. Let's say they need to research something more. It could be whatever, exit intent pop-up, and you give them not only like a 10% or 15% discount, but some kind of downloadable white paper PDF lead magnet where you guide them through how to save money when buying kitchen supplies or some kind of kitchen knife buying guide or even a video on how to properly grade a kitchen knife, whatever it is, just something to get their email address even, and then give some value to what you know their shopping process is, or at least getting a lead for the traffic. You're not just leaving them forever. You can have really nice nurturing email flows to uh, keep them stay salient in their mind while they're in that shopping process over the next few days. Also, you have their email forever for future yep. email blasts. There's a lot of stuff you can do if you have heavy delayed attribution, you got to think of why, and then you got to think of how can I improve my website, my user experience to address that. I got a ton of ideas when you were talking. If you do have delayed attribution, what I see happening more, and that probably could be, we're going to be seeing more tripwire campaigns, buy this small thing for a dollar. And the reason why you want that is because you want these hot prospects that you can nurture and then buy your super expensive stuff. That could be a thing that we see coming in 2021, we didn't predict. That's not our predictions podcast, by the way. So, but to make sure you take a listen to that, because that's coming out soon. I envisioning a lot more of these tripwire campaigns because now people are, truly want to own that customer as early yeah. as they can. Those delayed attributions a problem with high ticket items usually. Yep. And honestly, high barrier of entry, unusual new business models. You have both of those things. You're going to have a lot of delayed attributions. So selling some cheap thing, or if it's a consumable, a free plus shipping offer, that's a very smart move to do if you really want to just build that customer list faster and you may rely heavily on email marketing and other channels.
Changes like this, it sucks, of course, but it also leads to more creative efforts. So we're going to see 2021, people are going to be doing new things. Try to track. This might lead to new software getting built. How do you track more efficiently? Maybe how do you model better? It's not always bad. It's changes like this push some of the marketing stuff forward. But I think overall, something that's not going to change, Eric, and we talk about this all the time on the podcast, on YouTube, the creative and the ad copy, that's still going to help you get sales. So you still should be focusing on that because that's what's going to make you people want to come to your website and buy. That's hundred percent correct. A lot of this stuff, listen, you're going to see your CPA go up a little. If your tracking isn't as good or the attribution windows aren't as long, CPA might go up. But if you're not testing constantly, a lot of creative testing and trying to improve your funnel and lower that CPA all the time anyway, what are you doing? It shouldn't change the day to day. You just still have to do more testing, find better creative, persuade people better, maybe some more conversion rate optimization on the website. Think about the user experience more. And it all comes down to the psychology of your customer and marketing psychology. So that's why we talk about why understanding those fundamentals will get you through anything. Everybody's upset about these changes. People in America, people all over the world were the ones that cried. The changes came because of your protests, your things, everything you're doing. And when people complain, oh, why am I getting an ad for this thing that doesn't has nothing to do with me? You're going to see a lot of comments in the next six months. Why am I getting this ad on ads? It's going to hurt the user experience on the website. Less people are going to be clicking ads because they're less targeting CP. That's going to make CPMs go up. That's going to be really interesting to see how the user experience from the, the social media user is impacted. And that's the thing. What made Facebook so good was that the ads were targeted. If you were interested in basketballs, you would see a basketball or playing outside or a coach. But now it's going to go back to how before when you're watching TV, you're kind of looking at these ads. I have no clue why I'm watching this. Why do I need to know about this brand new supplement? That's how people should potentially be thinking about it and how it's going to affect their day-to-day. -day. Another thought that I had, you might have to go back to traditional measuring of marketing efficiency ratio, MER. How much did you spend today versus how much did your store make? That's going to be something that you're going to have to be thinking about. Make sure I spent less money than the pile of cash I got. The traditional way of measuring business. Old is new again. That's kind of all we have for today's episode. I think it's a super important episode. Listen to it a few times, read the blog post and do all the changes that Facebook is suggesting. Think about how it's going to affect your business, how it's going to affect your marketing team, potentially how it's going to affect the offers or the products you're selling in the future. Good luck out there. Good luck and make sure to like, subscribe, and also give us a comment on YouTube or just tweet at us. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.